Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, November 19th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man. He's an FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Engel. Scotty, how you doing? A lot of great action yesterday in the NFL. Yes, a lot of great action. Uh, Pittsburgh with a stirring comeback. New Orleans yes. clearly looking like the best team in the NFL, and maybe the Chargers were kicked out of that elite circle yesterday. Yeah, maybe they were. And you know what? Honestly, I knew you were going to go there at some point. It was familiar things for the Chargers. The kicking game let them down in a one-point game. Phillip Rivers reverting back to throwing weird interceptions in the middle of the game to let a team back. I know you saw it, Scott. I mean, we'll get yep. into it a little bit. But that like that interception to Von Miller on like a screen pass completely yep. changed the game. And it's exactly what I have been talking about with Phillip Rivers when I've been like, hey, 19 touchdowns only three interceptions for philip rivers so far this season that's the exact kind of throw philip rivers has not been making so far this year which has put the chargers in contention he threw two interceptions yesterday the 401 yards he had i believe was the highest in the nfl yesterday but when he has those two interceptions and you start getting missed kicks like they have in years past you start to see the chargers pissing away leads like they have in years past scotty yeah and there was one other thing in addition to that too and i talked about it last week their best run defender, Denzel Perriman, is out for the year. They got chewed up on the ground, and they could not get a defensive stop when they had to. 
Yep, absolutely true. And they didn't get any sacks is what I thought would happen with the return of Joey Boza. The Denver Broncos did, in fact, get a win. They go to four and six, and they're hanging around. We'll tell you who is hanging around in the playoff pictures as we move along on a Monday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I also want to let people know you are probably right around five and six or six and five. If you are near there, um, you need a little bit of help to make your playoff push. So don't forget about the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package, okay? The Exclusive Edge package. Now, here's the thing. We're giving you a discount from here on in to make your final playoff push, right? Scotty, what, what's the discount we got going on? Go check it out. It's so low, I can't even mention it. Oh, my goodness. I like that tease for the holidays, Scotty. As we get on into a Thanksgiving week, we will look back. Um, Scotty, first off, I do want to talk about some of the injuries that took place this week because we have some big ones at the quarterback position and two at the tight end position that fantasy owners need to know, especially in like two quarterback leagues, things like that. Let's start at the tight end position. First of all, going back to Thursday, Green Bay tight end Jimmy Graham it seems like he does in fact have a broken thumb it seems like he is going to miss four to six weeks that's the rest of the fantasy regular season um how do you adjust for this and what does this mean for the Packers who remember have now lots of rookies as pass catchers yeah it it could it be could be the rest of the fantasy playoffs as well so mm-hmm. you, know, you can't really count on Jimmy Graham the rest of the way and you got to if your trading deadline hasn't hit, you know maybe you make a deal. Otherwise, you have to go out and see what's what's there on free agency. You know maybe maybe Chris Herndon's a free agent. I see him as a free agent in a lot of leagues. You know there's or maybe a Jeff Herman. You know can uh, you can pick him up. Uh, you know he, he can give you six to eleven points a week, something like that, which is okay for a tight end. I mean look at yesterday, Eric Ebron zero and Trey Burton with one catch. You, you can't you can't you can't really count on anybody for the Packers you know Graham wasn't that consistent Graham ever since he's left New Orleans you know he's underperformed he's been hurt by injuries Mm -hmm. he did have a 10 touchdown season last year but the yardage wasn't there so uh you're just gonna have to replace him somehow in your fantasy lineups for the Packers it could be more continuing to throw to Aaron Jones out of the backfield and you know, the, the rookies have to step up, but, you know, the Packers right now are really on the outside looking into the playoff race. They absolutely are. You mentioned about maybe a little boost for Aaron Jones in the passing game. You know Devontae Adams is the stud that he is. Maybe it's more opportunity for MVS and a guy like Sam Brown to even pick up some of the slack if Jimmy Graham is out. Um, you were talking about the tight ends yesterday. Listen, in a league, I was facing Eric Ebron. Happy to see a bagel out of him. But I have number one tight end in the game, Zach Ertz. You figure it's a great matchup against New Orleans where points will be scored. And Scotty, he only gets me two catches for 15 yards. Only three and a half points in PPR scoring. So, But I, I do want to go back to Green Bay because one of the other things that started to happen over this weekend... Scotty, is the idea that uh, McCarthy may be on the hot seat and that Aaron Rodgers, you know, we've talked about that their relationship is kind of up and down, but there are more reports now that McCarthy may be on the hot seat and that Aaron Rodgers would be okay with that. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you think uh, McCarthy may be in his last month and a half as Green Bay uh, head coach? Uh, it's very, very possible. You know, the team... Uh... You know, the, the team hasn't been back and hasn't won too many playoff games since they last won the Super Bowl. 
And that decision against Seattle not to go for it on fourth and two, that's, right. that's just going to ring very, very, very negatively, you know, across all of all of Wisconsin. And, you know, the, te- the team is just, you know, they haven't really played good defense consistently since the Super Bowl and uh, really haven't put together, you know, any, any sort of uh, consistency, you know, over the last few seasons since they last made it to the, to the NFC Championship game and lost. Absolutely. And remember, even in those runs, Scotty, when they have had runs recently, it's really been just ridiculousness out of Aaron Rodgers. Remember the comeback he had? I know you know the comeback he had in Seattle in the NFC Championship game. Literally multiple Hail Marys he's hit in in runs like this, you know? So it has been Aaron Rodgers kind of dragging them wherever they've gone for a long time. I started this by talking about the tight end Jimmy Graham. Uh, Scotty, another tight end went down yesterday. O.J. Howard went down for the Tampa Bay Bucks. There's a lot to discuss with the Bucks, but O.J. Howard does go down. Does this mean people need to go to Cameron Brait in the waiver wire for a couple of reasons? One, if O.J. Howard misses time, also because uh, Tampa may have a new quarterback. Yeah, they might. Uh, yeah, they can go to Cameron Brait. The good news is it was a sprain for O.J. Howard, and it wasn't it wasn't a t- any sort of tear. So. You know, we don't know how much time we'll miss on a Monday. He'll miss on a Monday morning. We're going to have to wait for further reports. Okay, talk to me, though, about what I think is the biggest story out of Tampa, and that's the fact that the magic is pretty much over and done with. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 13 to 21, 167 yards, but three interceptions, including some that were just ridiculous. You know, he, he literally was like, let me just throw up a punt. 40 yards downfield, and maybe Deshaun Jackson will catch it. Maybe there'll be pass interference. That's not the case. And then, honestly, Scott, Jameis Winston comes in and moves the ball. You know, moves the ball. He goes 12 of 16. He throws for 199 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And I remember talking about this, Scott. We've been talking about, like, if and when the Bucks are out of it, you know, that the smart move is to always go back to the kid, the guy who's younger, the guy who you have more invested in, the guy who you still have a non-zero chance can be the future of this franchise because you know it's not Fitzpatrick. I'm telling you, Scotty, I expect Jameis Winston to be under center not only for next week for the Bucks, but for the last six games as they try to figure out what they need to do at the quarterback position longer term. Well, it's not a good thing, I think, either guy who's at quarterback. I was warning against it all along you know, to the Fitzpatrick lovers, that this guy has no floor. He's got a huge ceiling, but no floor. And in two consecutive games, uh, he he has been bad. And no touchdown passes in either of two games. Did have a touchdown run, but I always warn that, you know, don't get comfortable with Fitzpatrick. At the bottom can drop out in a big way at any time, and it did in the last two weeks. That's why this guy has played for 77 different teams because, you know, he just – he just, you know, he's not a consistent winner. You know, we, you've you've seen it. He was a Jet. Sure you know, He was sure he was has. good enough to lose with. You know, and that's the kind of quarterback mm-hmm. he is. And Jameis Winston isn't a whole lot different. It's just he's younger. Uh, you're more hopeful mm-hmm. about him. And right. you know, we've seen with Jameis Winston when he plays, he can be as bad as Fitzpatrick. So they have two quarterbacks that, because of the nature of the offense, have a ceiling, but they are very very risky every week. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about that the Tampa Bay quarterback will always have a 
uh, some viability because of the way their defense performs and because of the way that, you know, they'll be in these shootouts. But I agree with you, Scotty. I think they need to find out Jameis. I understand that neither one of them look good, and both of them have the potential to completely blow up on the bad side with the turnovers. But the fact remains, Jameis is 24. Jameis is the number one pick. Meanwhile, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not. We have seen young quarterbacks turn it around before, whether it's with new schemes, whether it's just growth in their careers, or whether it's with what I expect to be the case for Jameis to have a new head coach, you know, kind of in the building. Remember the difference of Jared Goff going from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay and the development of others. You know, Jameis has been there in Tampa with Dirk Cutter. Remember, the only reason Dirk Cutter got that job at first is because Jameis lobbied for him when he was the offensive coordinator there. So maybe Jameis will be under some other tutelage, whether it is in Tampa or otherwise in 2019. But I digress on that. There are other quarterback injuries, Scotty, to discuss. I want to back Bang them off you want is the Tennessee Titans who got dump trucked by the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck continuing to be hot, throwing touchdowns left and right. Marcus Mariota left this game with an arm injury. Blake Blaine Gabbert was back under the saddle for the Titans. Uh, any word on Mariota just yet? Uh, no word on Mariota again. It's a Monday morning, but uh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about it on fantasy sports today. Yesterday, uh, you're saying, oh, you know, Mariota's playing better. You know, should they give him a long contract, Mike Blewett was saying. I said, you can't judge anything with Mariota or the Titans on a two-game push in which they're playing well because this team can play good for two games, bad for three. You know, there's no consistency. People all of a sudden were talking up the Titans as a big playoff contender. That was too reactionary. This team is, continues to be very, very inconsistent inconsistent over the long haul. Yep, I agree with you. They are inconsistent. They are now 5-5, five and five, just like the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South. Jacksonville did not, uh, you know, kind of take advantage of their opportunity. They go to three and seven. The Houston Texans get a win. They have now won seven in a row. They are seven and three with a two-game lead in that AFC South. But in that game in our nation's capital comes the last injury to a quarterback that we need to discuss. Alex Smith goes down on what the announcer said was the 30-year anniversary to the day of Lawrence Taylor breaking Joe Theismann's leg on national TV. Alex Smith breaks his leg. He has immediate surgery. Now, for the first-placed Washington football team, they're going to go on Thursday on Thanksgiving to play the Cowboys, and it's going to be Texas native Colt McCoy under center. Talk to me about Colt McCoy. And given this offense, which is pretty much relying on Adrian Peterson, how much does it matter for the first-place team in the NFC East? I think it's a downgrade, uh, but we can't overreact and say, you know, every time the backup quarterback comes in, he stinks because there's a reason that McCoy's hung around in the NFL. He's Sure. Corey's going to have mixed feelings on Thursday because he loves Colt McCoy. The only other person is Colt McCoy's father. And, uh, (laughs) you know, if he's playing against the Cowboys – you know, this, this guy, they just they want him to manage the game. He's got a little bit of mobility. But, you know, this offense still is what it is. They really don't have a, a lot of playmakers. Good call by Daly Roto yesterday on Jordan Reed, though, to use him in daily lineups. But And Adrian Peterson with two really nice touchdown runs. But, you know, this team lacks it really offensive potency. Uh, they, have, they have the worst offense of, like, any playoff contender. 
and they have to do it with a defense that they can't consistently depend on. Yep, that is the truth. They sure do. The defense has been good in spots, but you need your offense to be able to score some points, and now it's going to be men in the box stacked up to stop Adrian Peterson, people daring Colt McCoy to beat them with his arm. We'll see if he can do that. One thing we do know is they got a game up. (laughs) That's true, absolutely. they got a game up, though, in the uh, NFC East, and if they were to beat Dallas on the road on Thanksgiving, they'd be in a spot where they'd have two games in hand, uh, two game lead with like five to play. So a huge game shaping up on Thanksgiving. Also, um, you know my guy, listen, Scott, it was trending that Kerryon Johnson was going to get his third 100-yard rushing game for the Detroit Lions. I think it is very clear. Detroit, when they win, they're able to run the ball, Scott. You know, in their four wins, going into this, they've had three wins, two of which Kerryon Johnson ran for 100 yards. He was well on his way again, 87 and a touchdown, before it looks like he sprained his knee. And they've got a short turnaround playing the first game on Thanksgiving Day on Thursday. What do you think about Kerryon Johnson? Uh, you know, we're going to have to wait and see whether he's going to be ready or not. If not, uh, right. I think we're going to see a lot of Theo Riddick uh, mm. splitting with LeGarrette Blunt there. Uh, you know, Riddick to catch passes and Blunt you know, maybe to carry the ball. He was looking really good before he went down. Yeah. You know, everything that you said that you wanted him to be. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he was breaking tackles. He was showing great vision, really good balance. The only thing about him is he runs high. That could expose him to more injuries. But other than that, he was starting to look like a workhorse back yesterday when he got injured. Yeah. So it was disappointing. 88 yards in the first half, and you know, it was a negative one after that, and then he got injured. Yep, absolutely. He also had two catches for 10 yards in the passing game. So he did this, you know, these 97 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. He did it in like, you know, two and a half quarters in essence. The arrow's certainly pointing up on this guy. I think what's going to wind up happening, though, with that short turnaround, it looks like you may need to look for another RB2 option for week 12 uh, if you have him on your roster. Uh, lucky for me, I have the stereotype coming off by. It doesn't look, it looks like they avoided major Injuries, you know, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on for the Detroit Lions. Scotty, I also got to let people know it is Thanksgiving week, right? So we got to let people know that, listen, don't be a turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code TG18, and you can get a five-day trial over at DailyRoto.com. We're giving it away for free for Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from fantasy millionaires, free fantasy projections, free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving, when you're sitting around after the trip to Fane, you can tell your family, look, I'm about to be a winner, and then everybody's going to probably hit you up for some extra cash. So maybe you want to keep it quiet, but regardless, go to DailyRoto.com, use the promo code TG18, and get everything you need over at Daily Roto. When we come back, Scotty, we start to dig into the games we saw, the takeaways, what could be a trend, what do you need to know getting ready for Week 12 when we come back. It's Dane and Scott, Roto experts in the morning, right? here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom. 
Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, taking you through week 11. All the news and notes, all the bumps and bruises, all the fantastic performances, all the fumbles recovered for a touchdown. Big shout out to Mike Evans who helped me in a, in a league with that. And then we'll, of course, preview what many people believe is the game of the season. Gesundheit to the King, Scott Angle. Um, or the Manimal Chris Bavona down there in the fantasy pit of misery. But we'll be previewing Rams and Chiefs a little bit later on in this show. Just a quick programming note, though, here. On Mondays, remember, we take two hours here from 7 to 9 a.m. to go through all the games. So if you're listening to Roto Experts in the Morning via podcast, anywhere you get your uh, good content, don't forget to also subscribe to FST Fantasy Sports Today, where Scott and I will continue the fun in functional sports content throughout the morning. All right, Scotty, here's the other thing. I, I wanted to start with some of the news and notes. I wanted to start, um, you know, with some of the injuries. But honestly, I think one of the biggest narratives of yesterday was the debut, at least as a starter, for Lamar Jackson in uh, Baltimore. Okay, and here's the thing. I'm going to give you his box score, Scotty. He goes 13 of 19. 150 yards in the air, no touchdowns, one interception, right? So in many formats, right, and and what I believe is like your standard format, that nets you four points, Scott. You know, um, most are 20, you know, six points there for the passing yards, an even 150 there. The two, the interception is probably minus two, shall we say? In most formats, this guy got you five. I'm excuse me, four points via his arm, but then he goes. 27 carries for 117 yards. He was literally like the third leading rusher in the NFL yesterday, okay? You know, like I'm watching Red Zone where they put it up, you know, like the leading rushers on the day and stuff like that. And Lamar Jackson is up there not as a, you know, quarterback, but just in general, right? And I think that's absolutely crazy. And that gives you another 11.7 points in fantasy. So he finishes the day with, you know, 15.7 points from the quarterback position. Definitely viable as a QB2. Talk to me about what you saw in Lamar Jackson and his day. I mean, the very first drive, Scott, where they scored a touchdown, I think they did something like run 13 plays. All of them were running plays with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Talk to me about his debut. He kind of looked like Sandlot football or high school football yeah. a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, a lot of design runs for Lamar Jackson, uh, a lot of RPO, and uh, you know, only high percentage passes is on bootlegs very, very often. And uh, you know, this is about Lamar Jackson's floor, and pretty much what you saw about, you know, a little right. bit, bit more than 15-plus points depending on what site you're playing in. And uh, if he plays again next week, I, I think he's a safe play because of all the rushing yardage he gets. And he, he didn't get the ball in the end zone at all. So, yeah, and they play the Raiders next week. If you, have, if you have Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff on a bye next week, yep. 
you have to consider Lamar Jackson, A, for some upside, but B, for a decent floor because of all the rushing yardage. Somebody was asking me, should I use Lamar Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey in a super flex? I said, A, it's always the quarterback, and B, it's always a quarterback who rushes the ball like he did because even if Alshon Jeffrey was going to have a good game, it's much harder for him to get to 15 points than it is for, for Lamar Jackson to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Tell, talk to me about this, though, okay, because here's where I think is the interesting part. Um, if you have – I had a lot of people with six teams on a bye, Scotty, being like, hey, do I roll the dice with John Brown? Hey, do I put Michael Crabtree in my lineup? And that's not uh, – you know, if Lamar Jackson is now starting, my answer to all of those questions is now absolutely not. You know, Lamar Jackson is not going to be throwing the ball. They ran the ball. I mean, between Lamar and some others who we'll get into, uh, you know, they are a running team if Lamar Jackson is there. So does that mean you cast aside Crabtree, Sneed, Brown, these tight ends? Um, If it's Lamar Jackson, there's no reason to have these guys in your lineup, I would imagine, correct? No. And, you know, even with Flacco in the lineup, why are you really going to have them? So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's... Uh, Crabtree has had like four or five straight games with single point performances now, and Brown has totally disappeared. You know, they, they, I'm saying it now that they, they, there are some teams you just don't go to for fantasy production. The Titans are one. The Ravens are. are uh, you just don't go to the wide receivers if you want to win in fantasy. Right. To clarify though, with the Titans, I can still roll out Deion Lewis though. Correct. Uh, if you want to have, uh, you know, if you want to have single point risk, single point performances, which he's now had two consecutive, uh, I think Deion Lewis is being a little bit overrated right now. He had two consecutive twenty point performances and two duds. Uh, you know, I think you know, it. You don't go to certain teams for fantasy production. Now the right. difference is, is you don't go to the Miami Dolphins for any fantasy production at all. If you want to drive yourself crazy and take a big risk. You don't want to go to the Tennessee Titans for fantasy production. If you want to win your league, if you want to make the playoffs and make a deep run, you don't go to Tennessee for fantasy production because every once in a while, Deion Lewis or Corey Davis can pop off, but they are completely unreliable. And just when you start to have faith in them, they burn you again. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. There's a lot of teams, I think, like that. Just when you start to believe in them, they show you why, you know, the narrative about them is the way it is. Uh, Scotty, who's Gus Edwards? (laughs) He's an undrafted rookie free agent who played, I believe, at uh, two different colleges, one which was with the University of Miami. And, uh, you know, showed a little bit during the preseason, but – when Alex Collins had that first touchdown run, I said, if nothing else, Alex Collins is one right. of the the best goal line runners. Seven yeah. touchdown runs now. Great footwork. Uh, they got to keep him going in the goal line. Runs like his hair is on fire. Good vision. Nice footwork, but they just don't trust him whatsoever. Uh, Ty Montgomery was not a factor. You know, saw the field just a little bit. And all of a sudden, Twitter's going crazy with Alex Collins' owners. His gut Edwards is is uh, you know, rushing into the end zone and going over 100 yards, you're going to have to avoid this backfield for fantasy purposes. You want the Fantasy football, we're always looking for reassurance and sure things. And the less you have of that, the worse. Yeah. And this backfield is going to drive you absolutely crazy. There's no rhyme or reason. Gus Edwards is going to be a hot pickup, but he could easily be irrelevant next week. 
Absolutely. Yet another reason why you can't rely on anybody in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. And Scotty, I've been making this point about the Ravens running backs over the course of the last decade. To be quite honest, that's why I was not in on Alex Collins coming into the season. You could ask our guy, the people's pen, Andy Singleton. I, you know, I did some previews with him um, for another venue and I was down on Alex Collins. And part of my rationale was that the Baltimore Ravens just have these dudes who always come out of nowhere. Like no one has been able to grab the brass mantle, you know, for the Baltimore Ravens. You think it's you think it's uh, Alice Collins, and then you got guys like Buck Allen, Lorenzo Taliaferro, you know, you got guys that come out of the woodwork. Ever, even like Justin Forsett came kind of out of the woodwork to have a great season or a season and a half for the Ravens. It always happens for them, but I would stay away from them. The last point on this team and this uh, uh, kind of Lamar, shall we say. Scotty, I believe... You're also going to have an opportunity. Let's say, Scott, I know it's not confirmed just yet, but I believe Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback for the San Francisco, uh, excuse me, for the Bucks as they play the San Francisco 49ers next week. And I believe Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's say you have Mahomes or a Goff on by. Like, let's say it's very possible, you know, uh, Scott, that you're that you entered this week with two quarterbacks on your roster, and those two quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. You know, that's definitely possible right now. If that is the case, you are, you know, searching for something for next week. And I believe that two options surfaced in Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson. Which one do you lean to for next week where Winston, if he is starting, would be facing San Francisco? And as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have, I believe, Oakland. So two guys that you could attack. Who would you rather have under center? You know about the rushing potential of Lamar, but you also know that we've been saying it all year. The Tampa Bay quarterback is going to put it up 45 times and get you 350, 400 yards. Which way would you go? I don't think a lot of people at Alex Smith is their backup, but there are a lot of people who don't have a backup, period. And, uh, you okay. know, one of those leagues, I was one of them. And, you know, I had Baker Mayfield as my backup, but then I cut him for Jackson yesterday. I'm taking Jackson because of the rushing floor and the possibility for six-point rushing touchdowns. I believe there's a better floor there, and uh, the ceiling is just uh, its very, very interesting. Yep, it is. It definitely is interesting. You remember, people always make these comparisons to Michael Vick and how, uh, you know, because he does have that potential. I'm going to take the, I'm going to push it even further, okay? Because Michael Vick was playing in the NFL, not when these rules are, you know, in 2018, which is just so much better for getting people in space, so much people to allow athleticism to take over. I think Lamar Jackson could do even more, but Scotty, come on now, in a super flex or a two quarterback league, there's definitely people that have Patty Mahomes or Jared Goff and a guy like Alex Smith as a QB2. Alex Smith was toiling as a QB2 in Superflex League. Oh, yeah, you know? in a two-quarterback league, yeah. The okay. one-quarterback league, I, I a lot better backups than Alex sure. Smith. Yeah. Absolutely, but there's definitely people in Superflex or two-quarterback leagues who've been going to war with either Jared Goff and or Patty Mahomes and then, like— Alex Smith or Marcus Mariota, let's say, as a QB2, and they're going to be staring at nothing next week, you know? It's very possible to have Mahomes and Go- or Goff as your QB1, and then also to have Mariota or Alex Smith as your QB2. And so uh, Jameis and Lamar, with a slight with a lean towards Lamar, are options for you on the waiver wire potentially tomorrow. Right, Scotty? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, with the bye week coming up, and you know, Jeremy Mayfield, I think, uh, plays Tampa Bay next week, so he's another good one. Jeremy Mayfield, we're still in NASCAR, Scotty. 
I'm sorry. Keep doing that. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to Joe. Congratulations Joey to Joey Logano. Who was out of the four guys expected to contend for the championship was not the one expected to win. Nice guy. I've interviewed right, well, him before. Congratulations nice. to Joey Logano. Who really didn't Absolutely. have a championship season from start to finish, which was interesting. He's just got to get hot at the right time, right? Yeah, you make look the way that the way it's set up now. It's uh, you know, if you make the yeah. playoffs and you get hot like other you sports, get hot. yeah, yep. and that's exactly what happened. He got hot at the right time. It's just like having a hot goalie, let's say, in the NHL playoffs. Absolutely. I don't know much about it, though, Scotty. So let's talk about what I do know. What I do know is that nobody is stopping the New Orleans Saints in that dome. And if they have pole position on the one seed in the NFC, I'm telling you right now, you could write in Drew Brees as an MVP. You could write in the Saints going very far in the NFC playoffs. I mean, they get another win, 48-7. to Scotty, Reminds me of like a college team. They don't even have Drew Brees on the field for the second half of the fourth quarter. They're letting Teddy Bridgewater get some reps and turn it over. They're getting Taysom Hill involved. Drew Brees, though, 22 for 30, 363 yards and four touchdowns. Scotty, his 22 of 30 had his completion percentage on the year go down this year. And then you know all the names. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. Drew Brees goes 363-4. and four. Mark Ingram this time, 103 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara continues his great season, right? I mean, Kamara has 71 yards on the ground, one catch for 37 yards and a touchdown. So Kamara winds up with 104 and a tud. You know about Michael Thomas. Thomas, but it is Traquan Smith who has the big game. Scotty, this team has been looking for the number two wide receiver to complete this puzzle for a long time, even trying to go outside of the organization, signing Des Bryant, signing Brandon Marshall. Traquan Smith, however, goes for 10 for 157 and a touchdown, including some nice grabs for anybody who's been looking to get a part of this offense, which is now scoring at will. You got to grab Traquan Smith, right? Yeah, first off about the Saints, I was saying in the preseason when everybody was talking about other teams in the NFC, I said you can't forget about these guys. You know, they you know, they have a good chance of being there when it's all said and done. Uh Traquan Smith's going to be a very very hot pickup this week. We've already saw uh, our friend D Money on Twitter saying he's cutting Danny Amendola and he's putting in for Traquan Smith because he wants the handcuff to Michael Thomas also. And like, he's not the handcuff necessarily. If, uh, if Michael Thomas were to go down, this team just doesn't right. have a number one wide receiver. It's not like he's right. going to step into that role. But what you have to remember with rookie wide receivers, we've seen it with Valdez Scantling and other guys. Is, right. And we've seen it the last two weeks with Trey Quan. Tyler Smith Boyd, let's say. Ty- well, Tyler Boyd's not a rookie, so, you know. That's, okay. It's Fair not enough. I'm talking about like the but, stepping up, though. Sorry, yeah, but uh, you know, you could you'll almost say that about John Ross because most of his rookie year mm. was like zapped out by injuries. But there is no real consistency with any of these rookie wide receivers. You know, we saw the worst of him last week, the best of him this week. If you're going to ride with those rookies, uh, you know, you have to be prepared for a possible dud, or it could be a possible big game. We've seen it with DJ Moore too. Yep, you're right. 
Right, we've seen it with DJ Moore, who had a big game. We've seen up-and-down performances out of Calvin Ridley throughout this year. We've seen up-and-down performances out of Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, and other rookie wide receivers. So you make a great point. I'm just going to revert back, though, Scott. If I, can take, if I could take a chance on any of these guys, give me shares of these offenses. Give me shares of New Orleans. Give me shares of the Rams. Give me shares of Kansas City. So if all things being equal, I'll take a shot and a flyer on Traquan Smith ahead of most others but let's talk about the other side of this Scotty because I think now we are in the point of the year where we can say are the Philadelphia Eagles and their defense of their Super Bowl title is it done they now stand three games back of the Washington football team at four and six I understand that Washington does not have their quarterback for the rest of the way but the Eagles look like, honestly, like they ain't got it right now. And they also had some injuries, most notably even to Kelsey, their stud offensive lineman. Um, are the Eagles' playoff hopes done, or is it still hanging by a thread in your estimation? Carson Wentz with three picks yesterday. Uh, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't look good for them, that's for sure. Uh, they really, really needed this game. It's, you know, they'll have to win the division, I think, in order to make the playoffs. Right. If they run the table at 10 and 6, you know, it might it might get them into the number six spot, but if a team like this, yeah, I don't see them running the table. They really needed to win yesterday or at least be competitive, and they just got absolutely destroyed. So I, I think it is over. And Carson Wentz was like a consensus top three, top four uh, fantasy start across the industry. I had him number four and just laid a complete dud. And, you know, this is what Super Bowl winning teams do. It's, you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't leave any doubt. They destroy their opponents, you know, when they have to. Yeah, except I could have used the last uh, at the very end when they kicked the field goal. I could have used it if Mark Ingram punched it in one more time, Scotty. The over-under on this game, Vegas knows what they're doing, Scotty. The over-under on this game was 56. It turns out to be 55 on the total. And they kicked the field goal at the very end after trying Mark Ingram and punch it in a couple times. I could have used that over, let's just say. I could have used that over to win a little bit of extra cash. We'll talk a little bit more about all these games when we come back on the other side of the break. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning on a Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, there's a running back you like and a running back I like. We have a gentleman's bet. We'll check in on it after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back, Roto Experts in the Morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network where we teach you how to walk this way with Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle here on a Monday looking back at week 11 before we preview what people think is the game of the year tonight, Rams and Chiefs. Just sad that it's not in Mexico City. 
uh, because of that Shakira concert. I got a friend that lost a lot of business down there in Mexico City because the game is moving. We were talking about this Saints-Eagles game. Scotty, I want to look. Listen, we talked about the Saints side. They are primed. Everybody's darling right now to have a very, very deep playoff run, especially if teams have to come to them in the Dome. On the Eagles side of things, Scotty, honestly, you know, Wentz throws for three interceptions, not there. You know, I'm looking at their receivers, right? Golden Tate gets involved finally in a little bit better now that he knows more of the playbook, five for 48. But listen, if you had some of the studs on Philly, you were not excited about this. Alshon Jeffrey goes only four for 33. The number one tight end in all of fantasy this season, Zach Ertz. He he Ertz you with two for 15. And then the guy I want to mention, though, Josh Adams, though, still getting involved, right? Adams, 53 yards and a nice long touchdown run. He also had three for 19 in the passing game. It looks like this guy is going to be um, the lead back for Philly moving forward. It does. And just one more thing on on Wentz. It was the most disappointing performance fantasy-wise of of Week 11 for sure. As for Adams, uh, he broke off that nice 28-yard touchdown run. And it looked like he was on the verge of, you know, officially stamping mm-hmm. himself and saying, you know, I'm the number one running back here. And then he, he seemed to injure his foot. And then he fell out of the game script. We really haven't seen more than nine carries in a game from him. But I think it's encouraging going forward, uh, you know, what he did yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another point I was going to mention for some of these Eagle skill players that you may have. Like, they got game scripted out of this one real quick. You know, it was 24 to 7 at halftime. New Orleans continued to pour it on. As you've noted before, Josh Adams is something more of a bigger kind of back, the rookie out of Notre Dame, than, say, you know, um, Clement, let's say, who was being utilized some in the passing game, Smallwood as well, in the second half. But I wanted to bring up Adams, Scott, because I remember a while ago, well, going into week 10, you were very certain that Josh Adams was going to be an ascending back, and we made a gentleman's bet over the next four weeks the rest of the regular season. You had Josh Adams, who last week went for 4.7, this week went for 16.2. So has not done bad, but you were uh, poo-pooing a running back who I thought needed more respect, and that running back last week got 7.6. This week got 19 points, Scotty. I'm going to ask you, when are you going to start to come around on this guy? Do you know the running back I'm talking about, Scott? Peyton Barber? Yep, it's Peyton Barber. He went 18 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. And then, you know, he caught two balls as well. Uh, we, we don't have to touch talk much about this because we touched on, you know, the Jameis and Fitzpatrick. But, Scott, you know, like in the same way that over the last couple of weeks you've been warming on Aaron Jones, can we uh, get a little warming on Peyton Barber or no? Uh, not as anything more than an RB4. I think, you know, I've moved him up from like RB5 to like RB4, but he's still not a guy that I want to start, you know, in an important week. Uh, I wouldn't cut him to get it necessarily, but I feel like if I have to turn to Peyton Barber, you know, that I might be starting to feel a little bit desperate. I'd rather have him than, say, Doug Martin. Uh, You know, Hmm. I'd rather put him in there than Doug Martin, but he still has only two touchdown runs all year. This was his first 100-yard game. I think, you know, you look at his game log, it's just, it's not that impressive. Look at his last six games. He has three pretty good games, you know, one really good game, and then he has three duds. You know, you can't depend on the guy whatsoever. I I really don't feel like there's any upside. Uh, You know, I think he went over his ceiling yesterday, and I'd, you know, I'd be a little surprised if we see that kind of performance again this year. 
Are you still starting Josh Adams over Peyton Barber? Yes. I think like Josh Adams has more upside. All right, we'll keep on tracking this week to week. I got a slight, uh, at this point, I got about five-point lead in our gentleman's bet on that one. You just mentioned, though, Doug Martin. Doug are Martin. We, are we doing and- this over a full season when you say five points? No, we were doing weeks. this when you put – you had him uh, – I'll read out our gentleman's bet again. You had them – this was when we were talking about your in-season ranks going into yeah. week 10, and we clarified that those were for, like, say, the next month or so. And then I thought it was interesting because the next four weeks, weeks 10, 11, 12, 13, did make up the remainder of the fantasy regular season. And so I've been tracking last week and this week up on our gentleman's bets. And so far, Peyton Barber had a 7.6 and a 19. Josh Adams had a 4.7 and a 16.2. So that's where the five points come. You got about three points higher in week 10 and about two and a half points higher in week 11. We've got two weeks left for that gentleman's bet. Just so you know, Scotty, I also have you beating me on the gentleman's bet in week four when you said uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Tyler Boyd, and Mike Williams were in the top 24. I did not think that would happen. You got that one correct. I also got one correct, though, when you had Russell Wilson I think as QB one overall in a game against Chicago that he uh, did not wind up being in the top 10 or the top five. That's one that I won. Clearly, we remember our Atlanta Falcons gentlemen's bet where uh, I believe Sanu will beat Hooper or Ridley. That is not necessarily the case. Those are very close right now between Sanu and Ridley. And then our last one that I have logged here, Scotty, is our AFC South regular season wins where um, you are taking Houston and Jacksonville who at this moment in time combine for 10. And I am taking Tennessee and Indianapolis, who at this moment in time combine for 10. So you would think that we're even right now, but you decided to give me 10 wins as a uh, cushion. So I have a slight lead on that one. So we're kind of uh, even on some of our Right, right now, I guess if but you have somebody the slight lead, I'll take it, though, because Houston is leading the division. And as far as our running back bet goes, uh, right now I wouldn't want to start either one of them if I had to. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know that you have the slight lead, Scott, because remember, you gave me 10 regular season wins also, and right now they're tied. You gave me a 10-win cushion in our regular season win bit bet in the AFC South, and right now they are at a flat-footed tie. So when you consider the spread, Scott, I, I have 10 on you in that one. But I digress. We'll, we'll capture them, and you have them spread. You shared on the same spreadsheet so you could track them over time. But, Scotty, you mentioned Doug Martin as one of them. So let's go to that Oakland Raider game. The Raiders get their second win of of the season. It sounds like they don't even realize that they need to lose these key games against the Cardinals in the race for the number one overall draft pick. They get a W 23 to 21. Uh, you mentioned Doug Martin. I was going to say Doug Martin got a little bit banged up. Brandon LaFell, they believe, got much more banged up. They fear an Achilles injury for him. They made the point on the telecast, Scotty, already without Martavis Bryant, already without Jordy Nelson. If now LaFell goes down, they were talking about guys like Aitman and you know, like Seth Roberts, guys that I literally have never heard of um, that are going to be forced into action for these Oakland Raiders. Talk to me if you believe any of them uh, in the kind of next man up vein. You got to think the Raiders are usually going to be down. Uh, Is there any value here on the waiver wire at the wide receiver position for Oakland? Unless somebody, you know, again, you know, there are certain teams you don't go to if you want to win in fantasy. And the Raiders are yeah. definitely one of them. I think we all know that. Outside of Jalen Richard, I don't want to be starting anybody. And if anybody busts through suddenly, I don't I, I, I 
don't imagine there will be any inconsistency. You know, this is a situation to maybe monitor in a deeper league to see if somebody like Aikman maybe steps forward and, you know, can be somewhat fantasy relevant. But, uh, you know, as you plan for your playoffs, these guys have no track records and there's nothing to see here. Yeah, the lone exception that you mentioned, Scotty, especially if Doug Martin misses time, would be Jalen Richard, in my even opinion. If, even if Martin team. doesn't miss any time, the guy gets 10 to 13 points every week in a PPR. You can bank on it. So you are, you are comfortable with, with starting Richard in a PPR format yesterday, uh, to your point. He had 93 scrimmage yards, three catches, so you'll take the 12 points from a guy like Richard if you needed him in a pinch. I did. I, you know, one in one of my dynasty yep. leagues. I just, I have, I have a second running back slot where I don't feel like I can trust anybody. My other option was Josh Adams. I started Jalen Richard because I knew I was going to get a double figure PPR performance. And while he doesn't have upside, he wasn't going to hurt me. Yep, absolutely. On the other side, I want to talk about a guy who, by the way, Scotty, I had in my DFS lineup last week. I'm talking about David Johnson. It seems like they're remembering that they have a stud in that backfield, and it makes sense to give him the ball. He had 26 touches yesterday. He had 154 scrimmage yards yesterday. Didn't get in the end zone. Did have one catch. You'll take the 16 PPR points, but more notably, you like the fact if you've had David Johnson and you, you know, drafted him number four overall, which a lot of people did in the middle of the year. We were talking about David Johnson as an RB2, someone you had to just kind of grin and bear it. Well, if you did that, you are now being rewarded. It seems like Byron Leftwich realizes that the way his bread is buttered is to give David Johnson the ball 20 plus times. Yeah, you know, another good matchup yesterday and certainly took advantage of it. Didn't see enough in the receiving game, but you can't complain because uh, you got a lot in the running game. So, uh, you know, David Johnson right now, you know, with Byron Leftwich installed, David Johnson, uh, you know, really become as relevant as we thought they would be. Absolutely. What do you think about Christian Kirk? Is, is Now that they're moving, though, like you said to Larry Fitzgerald, like you said to David Johnson, there have been times in this season where Christian Kirk has kind of been on the radar. Three catches, 77 yards. He has a big one. Like, this guy is definitely explosive, you know, and definitely someone who should be on your radar, especially in dynasty leagues. But... You know, similar to what you're saying about these other rookie wide receivers, can you rely on him? He did have a nice game uh, in terms of yards and with the touchdown, three for 77. Yeah, he's more than on the radar in dynasty leagues. Okay. You know, he was he was sure. like uh, he was a draft pick, and he's a nice one by both the Cardinals and in dynasty leagues. Had a really nice 59 yard catch and run. You know, against a Raiders defense that still hasn't learned how to tackle. But again, with rookie receivers, you know, you can't expect consistency and you can't just look back at last week, uh, you know, when you're going into week 12 and whatever matchup he's facing. I haven't looked back yet. Uh, you know, he's the number two receiver right now behind Fitzgerald, even though Fitzgerald had two catches yesterday. Both were for touchdowns. You know, how much can you rely on Kirk, really? You know, not a lot of catches yesterday and a quiet game the week before. So. Most of these or all of these rookie receivers, you can't rely on them, but they could blow up at any time. Yeah, let's. Uh, can I ask you another follow-up to that? Let's say you are in a dynasty league, okay? Let's say or a keeper league. I'm, t- I'm thinking about these guys, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, DJ Moore, uh, Anthony Miller, let's say. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to put Ridley a little bit separate because he's been on the map a little bit longer and a little bit high more high flying offense. Uh, it, do you? I would put Ridley in that group. Or is he in that group? He is in that he, group. He's okay. had one good game since week four. 
Yeah, so let's say this. Let's say you're in a dynasty league. So let's say you and I are in the same dynasty league, okay? And right. the season is over, right? And the season is over, and you're able to make some trades, right? Who would you prioritize trying to get? Who do you think has the better, you know, window pointing up? Is it Kirk? Or is it Ridley? Or is it Moore? Or is it, you know, uh, Miller? Or is it even a guy like Cortland Sutton in Denver, you know, um, who, who might be involved in this kind of comparison as well? How, do you, how would you prioritize these rookie rideouts? I really would just lump them all in the same tier. Right, I mean, they all very, like A very promising class, and... I would take any – if I needed a wide receiver, I would trade for any one of them. Uh, whichever one uh, I can model a trade for in my league. Sure. You know, if, you know, because one, one owner might have Kirk, but he doesn't have much else at wide receiver. Another might be overloaded, right. and he has Anthony Miller. So it really depends on who you're talking to and what you have to give up. I'd be happy with any one of those guys. Yeah, are they all? Do you think they all have potential to, in essence, be wide receiver threes next year, or better? Uh, or are they around think, that area? I think they're they're all wide receiver threes. Although I believe that Sutton and Miller might have a little bit more potential to push higher towards that higher end. I I, I believe I believe Miller, you know, is showing some real signs right now. Uh, you know, really working well with Trubisky. Uh, sure. Yeah, they've cleared the way for Sutton to be a primary guy, and I right. think he can take a big leap in his second year. Uh, you know, is this Fitzgerald's last year? It might be, right. but then with Kirk, uh, it becomes kind of dicey. If they ask him to be the number one, can he handle that? It's sure. there are more perceived opportunities, but it becomes very dicey. Uh, so yeah. you got to wonder about that. Julio Jones is not going anywhere in Atlanta. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. that. Uh, DJ Moore has the opportunity to really step up sure. in terms of being a number one wide receiver. So I think he'd have to be in one of those top, maybe the, like the third one. I, I pr- probably, if I have to break it down, uh, I would probably put like maybe Sutton first, Miller second, uh, uh, Moore third, Kirk fourth. You know, and, and, and it would lie yeah, there. But I'd, I'd like to have any one of them. You know, I think we yeah. got to include Valdez Scantling. You know, outside of that group too. Yeah, I mean, and, and you make a great point, Scott, and, and the point being you don't know what the composition of the wide receiver room is going to look like next year, right? You don't know if Larry Fitzgerald moves on. You don't know what winds up happening to the rest of the wide receivers on that team in terms of what their opportunity is like. For example, a month ago, you didn't think Michael Gallup was going to have to share targets with a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, and so you have no idea what some of these guys are going to be faced with. Who knows? May, and I, There's no reason to think it, but who knows? Maybe James Washington in Pittsburgh is higher on the depth chart next year. You know, you never know, but these guys look like they have the skill to be able to move on. You never know what's going to happen with Funchess there in Carolina as it relates to DJ Moore and some other opportunities. People didn't think Demarius Thomas was going to get cleared the way, but I'm just saying. Funchess had like six quiet weeks in a row. I know, but Scott, that's the The opportunities there is like for for Moore to step in right now and be that guy. So that's good for him if you own Moore. Okay, fair enough. Yes, but uh, we're just talking about what are the pieces are of the equation in a general sense, not as related to one specific player. But you absolutely make the right point as it relates to DJ Moore. Last game, I want and to here's touch one on real thing quick. though about gotta... looking ahead. 
about looking ahead just real quick, you know, especially in dynasty leagues, like you don't want to look too far ahead. You want to win this year. And even in yearly leagues, we got people asking us, who should I start in week 12? We didn't finish week 11, you know, one week at a time. Absolutely. There is still data points to be collected. And we'll touch on Monday Night Football in our next hour. Uh, we talked a lot about this Ravens-Bengals game as it related to the Ravens side. We talked about Lamar Jackson. We talked about Gus Edwards. We talked about if there's Lamar Jackson, the idea of these Baltimore uh, pass catchers being a little deflated. Uh, Scotty, real quick, the minute that we have left. Joe Mixon goes 12 carries for 14 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he does get three for 38 in the pass-catching game. He still continues to, like, look good with his carries, but 12 for 14 and a touchdown. Uh, are you concerned about bro Mixon at all? Well, I think with A.J. Green not there, you know, teams can really sell out against what who their best player is and, you know, try to beat us, you know, with your – with your so-so average wide receiving crew. So, but look, he still gets in the end zone. If A.J. Green comes back next week, that really helps Joe Mixon. Right, and that is possible. He was testing it out before this week, so that bodes well, potentially, for Week 12. We'll definitely keep our eye out on that throughout the week. When we come back here at the top of the hour, we reset the news and we dive into, oh, about six games left. Come on back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 